What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the SVT Sports Podcast Show. I am here with my boy Sam and Vince. Vince, how you doing today? I'm doing good, buddy. How's it going? Not too bad. Just got off work and uh, ready to uh, to get ready for this Warriors basketball game that I sadly may not be able to watch all entirety. I have to go to a uh, a pre uh, engagement dinner for uh, my cousin and whatnot. So yeah, um, but plans, I tried my hardest to watch it. Plans got made for you. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, but it happens. But uh, yeah, Warriors in uh, Game Three. I was joking and laughing about your tweet or not your tweet, your text about how Otto Porter Jr. closed out the game with nine minutes left. Yeah. Nine and a half minutes. Otto Porter Jr. Hit the hit a three to put the Warriors up. Uh, I think it was like 23 points and it was like 113 to 90, I think, or something like that at that point. And I was mm-hmm. like, was that just the dagger three with nine and a half minutes to go? And then Memphis ended up only scoring 112 points. So yeah, your boy went full Oracle there. Um, you know that's just when you're watching a blowout and everything's good and you're 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 happy and the team's winning and you just say shit like that and then when it turns out to be true you just like all you can do is just pat yourself on the back and go look at me look at me i'm the best um and so (laughs) is my so is my basketball team so yeah (laughs) yeah so the warriors finish out uh the game uh, i think they beat them by 30 i think yeah. um kaminga's three sealed that to make it like 30 or 31 points that they ended up winning the game mm-hmm. um obviously we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room uh, taylor jenkins and ja morant with taylor jenkins being the head coach um have come out and said that jordan pool grabbing ja morant's knee is what caused him to have his knee injury obviously you and i call bs on that that's that's yeah. a load of crap yeah um, what I, I think is telling about it or at least upsetting is that John Morant tweeted it right after the game and then immediately deleted the tweet. And then I get Taylor Jenkins wants to stand up for his guy, but it, there's just, it just seems so petty. It seems extremely petty. And I, um, I'm just not on board with it. I, I think personally, um, it's a fun Memphis team to watch, but when you stoop to levels of this lowness, it's, it's, it's makes you seem like a terrible team that isn't composed And it's a young team led by a head coach who is willing to cave into the youngness of this team. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, Taylor Jenkins, I, I, I don't remember where he was coaching before, like as an associate coach or whatever, but it was not a big market. Like, so it, it, it it's a small market. Memphis is, I mean, the city of Memphis is, I don't even think they're as big as the city of Oakland. I don't know. I'd have to double check that, but uh, it's, it's a small market, you know, and you know, they really love their team. Obviously they, you know, the stadium, that arena gets kind of loud, um, mm-hmm. but it's small potatoes. And like, now that you're here in the playoffs against teams that have been here and done that and, uh, it, like, like there, there are some stuff. It, like, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, they kind of remind me of the 2015 Warriors." I'm like, "No, no, 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 they don't remind me of them. They remind me of the the 2013 Warriors before yeah. they won that title. Like, uh, where they were the young and you know, ca- kind of cocky, you know, but you kind of like it. Like, um, honestly, if if they weren't playing the Warriors and they weren't bitching about, um, you know, the like, 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 like the, the, the knee thing, for example, um, I actually like, I, I have a guy who 
tweeted out a video of earlier, like maybe a couple minutes before the the knee grab in question, where John Morant actually his knee collides with Clay trying to close out on a three. Like mm-hmm. like Clay was shooting a three, John was closing out, and then he kind of start like he kind of hobbles a little bit there, and so he thinks that's where the injury actually happened. Was that's a couple right, minutes I think before that. Yeah, I think so too. I, um, I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go go ahead. No, so it, it, I think what's getting worse about this is that now media members are starting to chime in to the point where uh, not even really media members. The my example that I'm going to give you is the meteorologist for the Memphis Grizzlies tweeted oh, out yeah, an extremely that's... racist tweet. Well, um, yeah, he basically called Draymond what a knuckle dragger or something. Yeah, like that. that's that that's that's the phrase he used. Yeah. Okay, so basically, it's 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 the terminology for primates or people of um, um, I don't know how you kind of, like caveman esque kind of generation that just seem kind of slow and dumb and stupid and to use that against Draymond Green, whether the meteorologist understood the context of what he was saying or not, doesn't matter. He still said it, so he learned it. That's basically mm-hmm. what I've been told about how you say things that you heard it from somewhere, you learned it from somewhere. So you need to have accountability and ownership and to have that as your, as your fan base of, of your local news station saying things like that, that's a, a re- completely ridiculous. Yeah, um, it is. It, it, it's heinous. And that dude, not like uh, uh, I only saw screen caps of the tweet because his entire Twitter got deleted very shortly thereafter uh, because everybody was rightfully dragging his ass for yeah. being a, for for doing a racism, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 good God! Like how 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 many times do we have to teach these lessons <laughs> to you, old racist white people? Good God! Well, knock it the fuck one. off. Go ahead. Well, the other oh. one would be would be Russo, Mad oh, Dog here we Russo, go. Mad Dog fucking Russo. Ugh. Like I, a lot of people in the NBA world are starting to figure out who mad dog russo was but i don't know about you vince but to me i've always i've known mad dog russo for you know since i was a kid because he did the mlb uh you know satellite and 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 talk shows he was basically the howard stern for baseball on the new york east coast side yeah um he was always just a really loud mouth you know talks to the to the top of the microphone and you know clips it all the time like that was mad dog russo so I've never really paid any mind to him because I personally don't like that type of radio style. You know, I don't like that yelling. I don't like the constant, you know, hot take things. So I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, And and he talks in his high register too, just like way up here, hell nasally and shit too. No, I Mm -hmm. fucking, Oh God, I hate that so much. So, So his comments came out where Draymond green was talking about how the fans were booing him when he had a bloody eye. Now, I'm not I'm not a Draymond Green homer, but I will tell you that as a fan, you shouldn't boo anyone who's bleeding or seriously hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Now that being said, Draymond Green is the kind of guy that plays the villain role, so I can understand why people are booing him because, you know, he's he's the guy that is the pest that destroys your team uh offensively, but with his defensive proudness, right? So, I get why fans are booing him. 
it does look bad, but at the same time, as devil's advocate here, Draymond Green plays that role. So booing him seemed almost like a natural reaction to the fan base. Right. That being said, because it's an injury, that's kind of where I draw where I draw the line. And uh, me and Sam, when he gets back, when he gets on later, um, uh, we can attest that in prior you know iterations of this podcast, uh, like when the, the the Kevin Durant injury in 2019, and the Toronto fans just started like cheering and like basically uh, like applauding his like you know his his injury. Like that was grotesque, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. like I, I I don't like, you know, cheering for injuries, um, like that, and I I don't you know I mean I mean I get you want to boo Draymond, I get that. Um, if Draymond wasn't on the Warriors, I'd probably look for any excuse to boo him as well. Injury ain't it, okay? Like sure. like yeah, boo him for literally anything else as long as it's not an injury, and you know, then then have at it, you know, whatever. But Sure. God, I just oh, I hate it when fans cross that line. Like, I mean, these players, yeah, they're 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 world class athletes, but they're also human. And you know, when when you're injured, that's that that's just a line that I don't like. I was always taught when there was an injury, if I was in the stands or if it was little league and I was playing, you kind of you, you gather together with your people, you stay quiet. If you're you know if you're religious, maybe say throw a prayer up or whatever. And then, you know, once the, the, the player is, you know, getting helped off the field or whatever, however it is, then you give like a polite applaud and whatever, and then you move on. And that's how most fan bases react. Um, I was being, taught, I was yeah. taught, take a kneel, you know, always yeah. take a kneel, kneel take down. Take a knee. Yep. Mm-hmm. Take a knee. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, but Mad Dog's comments to uh, Draymond flipping off the fan base when he was being booed off uh, or leaving to go to the locker room to get his eye checked out. Uh, Mad dog said that um, just shut up and dribble, you know, um, he America's tired of Draymond green. I'm tired of Draymond green. Just shut up and dribble, which again, that's another racist connotation. It's, yep. Did a racism <laughs> again. Good God. That, so, that, like if we named our episodes, it, it, it could be called doing a racism or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so basically Mad Dog Russo, for those who are, who are kind of under, trying to understand why it's racist terminology, it's, it's basically saying, you know, in so many words or so many contexts, it's, it's basically saying, I pay you slave to go do what I want you to do. Right. I want you to do what I tell you to do because I'm the one paying for you. Right which you're trying to tell them that they don't have a voice. They don't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. They're just here to be your entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not a citizen in my eyes. You don't have a right to speak up. Uh, so, so keep quiet. That's, that's the connotation. That's the overarching thing. Um, that's what shut up and dribble boiled down becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that with um, Donnie dipshit and, uh, and LeBron James. So mm-hmm. um yeah, so so this is something that's you know we, we've gone over this before. We're not the only ones that have gone over this before. Um, uh, it's it, it's something that you just that's not a phrase you should be saying as a professional media member to an athlete to to anybody really, but specifically. God damn, we I, I hate I hate going back to the well for things that I've said already. But how many times do we have to teach this to you, old man? Good God. <laughs> 
Um, and to JJ Reddick's defense, uh, JJ Reddick uh, chimed in immediately and shut that shit down. And he compared it to like the, he compared Russo's comments to that of like the Fox News commentary with the LeBron James stuff uh, uh, with uh, with uh, the former guy. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think JJ's comments and how swiftly they came was great. Um, I love the fact that Mad Dog Russo just sat there and didn't say anything because I think he knew that he was wrong. And um, I think if he said something else, he was going to be in trouble. Now, I will tell you this. I think two days ago, Mad Dog Russo went on to a satellite show and he said that J.J. Reddick just found out about him like 15 days ago or five days ago. I know there's a five in there somewhere. But anyways, the point being was that he said that Mad Dog wasn't going to say anything because he was the new guy on campus but if jj reddick ever steps up to him again like that he will be sure to bark back at him and i'm like i let's okay let's let's, coward yeah let's let's uh let's get the receipts here okay so in 2014 during the donald sterling issue um russell said on his radio show that there isn't any black radio host worthy to have on his show those were his words Later on in that episode, he tried to retract his sentence and make it sound better than what it came out as, where he came out and saying, no, what I meant to say was there isn't a worth worthy black radio host that has applied to work with me. Again, you said it. Own it. Just own it. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he said he said a racism that was about a nine on a 10 point scale. And then he countered, no, 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 no. What I meant to say was something that's more like a seven on the racism scale. Good God. Like, it's still really bad and crass. And he, I mean, like, like I said, I knew I've known his name for a while. I've never listened to him uh, before. And frankly, I don't think I need to listen to him going forward. Um, and we're only really talking about him because JJ Reddick stood up in that moment and defended Draymond. And Draymond dragged his ass later on his own podcast. So, yep. So, I mean, drag his ass straight to hell. I'm done. Like, I, I, I fuck, fuck him. Fuck Russo, <laughs> Mad Dog, whatever. Um, piece of shit. Oh, ah. Okay. But, and, oh, and t- t- like what you just mentioned, he's like coming on like a, a tough guy after the fact. Like, I'll step up to JJ next time or whatever. Dude, you're you're just a coward. You're saying it on your own show where you have the safety of your own little people. Whatever. It's he's a piece of shit. He can mm-hmm. yeah go go take a long walk off a short pier, buddy. I'm done with you. Like, <laughs> well, I there's no way to really transition this, but well, you know, we'll hold on. Say- Let's. Well, I I, I just want to bring up Sam has just uh, uh, stepped in. Uh, hey, buddy, how's What's it going? We, we were we were just ranting about the Mad Dog Russo nonsense, and um, I just told him to take a long walk off a short pier. So um, how uh, you got anything you want to add in uh, anything else? Um, just I mean, just, you know, the whole shut up and play basketball like that's a bygone era. It's, a you know, um, I just saw uh, be- <clears throat> before uh, we started, I, I watched a little bit of uh, Jalen and Jacoby. And, you know, Jalen Rose was talking about, you know, why he got into the media and it was kind of like people, 
in the media calling somebody trash or calling people names um when you know you criticize you know you can make criticisms and you can judge and you can say somebody is not doing their their job um but calling people names you know that's uh that's bygone stuff and then like russo says some stuff that just is nonsense like one i don't want to listen to that crap as a fan i just don't that's not how i communicate to people that's not how we you know what we're trying to develop on a podcast radio show um i'm not gonna i don't think any of us like necessarily quote unquote cape up for for players or this or that like if a player's not doing well you say like it's a fan podcast right like you know that's we're here to talk sports and this and that and critique. But um, I just think that style of media is, is out. And I totally understand what Draymond and Jalen Rose say when they, you know, when they're talking about new media um, and that it's not about, it's not about your personal opinion. It's about just talking the game of, of basketball in this case. So yeah, he's a, you know, he's an idiot (laughs) you know if if you're gonna if you're gonna criticize athletes then be prepared to be criticized by other people that watch sports and watch commentary then you're gonna get criticized like that that's my point right there you hit it on the head right there we were just saying about how two days ago mad dog russo went onto his own satellite radio show and talked about how jj reddick just found out who Russo was. And so Russo decided to stay quiet on air on ESPN because he's the new guy on campus and he didn't want to ruffle any feathers. But he did say that if JJ Reddick comes after him again, that he's going to bark back at him. He won't just sit there and smile anymore. So my point to what you're saying is that like what Vince was saying, you can't act like the tough guy afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like now you just look like a guy who's, Oh, I'm with my boys. Like I could do whatever I want now. No, 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 no. You said something racist. Own it. If you want to go on your radio show and say, I apologize for what I said. You know, I'm learning that this is the new way that things are held and set. And you've got to be accountable for what you're saying. But that being said, though, is that he cannot go on the, on ESPN or any, you know, public platform like that and not expect criticism back and expect that like, Oh, I'm the victim here. No, 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 no. That's not how it works, buddy. That's not how it works. Right. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, so- I, I, I mean, it's a fascinating topic with what's going on. I, I actually find this topic fascinating with what's going on in the media with, I mean, Draymond is in the playoffs and the Warriors could, I mean, it looks like they might make the next round of the playoffs we don't know yet there's a game to play in a few um but draymond is playing on a playoff team and he's like has a future contract with turner media and he's youtubing you know after every game um the sports has changed forever with with social media with youtube and tiktok and podcasting and you know basically everybody developing their own brand. We're developing our own brand. Like everything is about being independent, independent media. I mean, look at the, the athletic, like, you know, there was all these reporters that were working for local papers, got together and formed 
this new media company and it's thriving, you know, and it's written word, it's written articles <clears throat> and it's thriving. Um, there's a whole new world of media and it's going to, it's going to continue to change. And I think all of that is just really fascinating how it's changing. Um, you know, having your own players, active players, having their own podcast where they talk to other players, um, talk to, you know, insiders and it's, it's totally changed. And the media, the mainstream media, the ESPNs of the world, the Fox sports of the world, they're losing control of that. And they're losing, con they're, con they're losing control of the narrative. And we're seeing that with world politics, with local politics, like when you, when the media loses its, its grip on controlling information, um, it's a game changer and athletes are developing their media networks, their media empires on free platforms, you know, on YouTubes and the, the podcast, um, TikTok, you know, Instagram, like they're becoming influencers, they're becoming media outlets and they're producing really interesting content. Look at the Pat McAfee, man, the punter, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. he's the most popular podcaster in the world right now. And you know, he, he's, there's, what is it? He just signed or is about to sign a, um, um, a Sunday morning show, I think with Amazon, like there's talk yeah. that he's going to sign a deal with Amazon and it's going to be him, uh, Patrick Sherman and, um, Richard some, Sherman, uh, Richard, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Richard Sherman. Uh, um, Patrick, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, Richard Sherman is, he is, um, he's mulling oh, the idea Lynch. of doing I, oh, I'm yeah. all, I'm down for that. Richard Sherman is mulling the idea because he still wants to try and play one more year. But if he doesn't get a viable offer, I think he's going to take this Amazon deal, which I think is going to be a great deal for him. I really so, do. I mean, like mainstream media is changing, you know, with what the Peyton brothers did, um, the Peyton brothers, the Manning brothers. <laughs> and you are all over the place over uh, there, huh? <laughs> when the man, you know, Mer like Mercury's in retrograde or some shit, man. I don't know. <laughs> um. You know, it's just like really, it's just, I just find media and where it's going just completely interesting. And it's, I, I love all the player clapback at, uh, at people like, like Russo. Yeah, I'm all for it. Um, just to shed some good news here, uh, Mike Brown is confirmed to be the next head coach for the Sacramento Kings. So congratulations to Mike Brown over there. Um, yeah. I, it was either going to be Mark Jackson or Mike Brown. Um, I think two really qualified uh, head coaches, in my opinion. Um, I wish him luck. I mean, yeah. Sacramento's got good pieces. They it, just yeah. they're just in dismay they, over there. They they yeah they have been in a continual dumpster fire as an organization. Every time they get somebody good, they trade them away. Um, it sounds familiar um to us as A's fans, but I mean, it's yeah yeah Sacramento's that organization's kind of a mess. I hope that Mike Brown's able to turn them around a little bit. Um. If you can foster a NorCal rivalry, that might be a lot of fun. Like if you can get both teams good at the same time, that could be a lot of fun. You know, take a little trip up to Sacramento for, you know, be those assholes at the, um, at, um, uh, what is it? Golden one center. Yeah. Oh, I almost um, got an Arco. Yeah. Arco's the old building. I almost did I that too. That's why I had to stop. Nugget. Yeah. <laughs> the golden nugget. No, that's, that, that, that's like even further. That's like fucking Reno buddy. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, but I, I like like you said, I 
uh, I echo those sentiments. I hope he does well. I know he, everybody says that he's the hardest working coach on the staff, maybe in the entire NBA, because like just the amount of detail he puts into studying and um, preparing the players. So I, he's, he's a good guy for the job. If you're going to try to stop sucking, you know, there's worse guys you could go to than Mike Brown. So I was, um, I was making a kind of a thought in my head here about how the warriors of now and their current dynasty run that we're living in. It reminds me so much of the Lakers of the eighties with magic Johnson. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, the head coach that they had, and I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, the guy that uh, fell off his bicycle and, you know, basically had head trauma and uh, whatnot. He uh, instilled a system into the war or into the Lakers. of like, this is how we're going to play. We're going to play, you know, a fast pace motion offense type of system. And then he gets injured. His assistant takes over who then, kind of really doesn't know how to control the guys he can read x's and o's but he's not a leader of men right he he then brings on pat riley pat riley then takes over as the job and starts winning championships with the lakers and um the simulators i see there is that like mark jackson though he didn't get the job or sacramento i you know i wish he can get a job in the league i think he's an excellent coach kind of set the tone for the Warriors going forward. Like, this is how they're going to, this is how the guys play. This is how they perform. And Steve Kerr took that idea and ran with it and instilled more options into it. Kind of like how Pat Pat Riley did with the Lakers. And then the other similarities that I get out of it too, was that Magic Johnson, you know, was a six, eight point guard who, you know, was guarding big men and passing, which is very similar to what we have in Draymond Green. Tyler, breaking you got breaking news. news. Breaking what? news. Uh, Steve Kerr tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, he's not going to coach tonight's game four against the Grizzlies. Mike Brown, Sacramento's new coach, will serve as interim head coach for the day. So That makes um, sense to me. I, yeah. I'm not going to, you know, be, uh, uh, I don't know, assuming things here, but it was it was weird to me that Steve Kerr was wearing a mask all last game. And hadn't worn a mask the whole entire playoffs. I don't know if anybody caught that, but he was wearing his I black did. mask. No, I did no, notice it when he was at the at the podium. Yeah, so he he must have had like a test out there and hadn't gotten the result back yet or something for that game. I imagine that's and, worrisome because he was around his players. That's the yeah. worrisome part. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Ho- hopefully, you know. I, I mean, I, I I I'm pretty sure he's vaccinated and COVID and everything, so. broke the code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Broke the code, COVID. Yeah. So um so yeah, the Warriors will have Mike Brown who is like I just mentioned somebody who is incredibly prepared for every situation and he's going to uh, I would expect no drop off um uh he's in there with uh, like the, he's one of the guys that plans all the rotations and everything. So I'm not worried about how the Warriors react to this kind of news. It's going to be a pretty seamless um transition at least for today and um for uh however longer this series goes yeah i mean hopefully they can uh well we're here what what are your uh game four predictions and we want to chime in what they think their final score is going to be uh i do think the warriors are going to win 
I'm going to say, I don't think it's going to be like last game. I'll say 119, 102 Warriors. Okay, so that's, I mean, you're, you're still taking like a 17-point win, yeah. so that's pretty significant blowout. Um, I think it's going to be slightly closer. I have the Warriors winning by 12. <laughs> I mean, and I, I, I just think. What do the Warriors finish at? Uh, you know, let's let, let you know what. Let's say, uh, one fourteen to one hundred two. Let, let let's let's do that. Okay. I'm gonna go one twenty two to one hundred six. Another big one. I think. I think. And if Morant doesn't play, then I'm. I feel really good about that one twenty two. Yeah. So um. So we all have it at least double digits. So so that's uh. We're, we're all feeling fairly confident. Um, I will note that Memphis is 20 and five on the year without Morant. And three of those losses came at the end of the year when they were resting everybody. So they went 20 and two essentially without Morant when he was on that extended injury earlier this mm-hmm. season. Um, but I think part of that was um, like, because you don't have your top score, you kind of like other, other guys like really stepped up and were, you know, probably playing a little bit better than they, you know, are normally capable of. And, and I mean, I, their team that does rally around stuff like that, apparently, at, at least this year they did, but the playoffs is another thing entirely. Um, they learned that lesson the hard way uh, in game three, uh, when everything was going bad, they just, they, they turned to petulant children, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll see how that plays out going forward. Should be a good one. Um, do you, uh, I, I don't have the MLB up, so I can't tell you what the virtual A's record is, but I imagine that the virtual A's are probably doing better than the real ones at this point in time right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, it have your guys lost nine in a row? Cause no, ours have. no, they've definitely <laughs> lost four in a row, but they've never lost nine in a row. Right. Do you think they're going to lose 18 in a row? No, no, they're, 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 they're currently playing in Detroit. They got, a five game series in Detroit Four of those games are road games. And then uh, they have a double header on Tuesday. Um, the first game is, is technically an A's home game um, because they're trying to make up for the games that were missed at the beginning of the year for the lockout. Um, so they got a five game set in Detroit, although four of those games are road games. One is a home game. And then you have uh, four games against the angels this weekend and you have a double header on Saturday. Um, but both, but all of those games will count as home games for the A's this, uh, against the Angels. I double-checked that. Like, I, I went to three different sites, including the A's website, to make sure because nine games in seven days, is it, it, it feels like it's a bit much to me. You know? Uh, I think that's because yeah. they're making up for those, what, three or four games in the beginning of the season? That's six. A, uh, yeah, six, yeah. Okay. S- yeah, six or seven games, depending on the schedule. So... I mean, well, it's like a, the Giants had like 17 games to start the year. And one of those 17 was a one game in um, fucking Milwaukee. So, like, I mean, there's going to be games like that throughout the year for every team. It just feels weird to have two double headers in one week. That's I, not, I somewhat not doing the A's feel, any favors. I somewhat feel because I know Cleveland took the record from the A's for consecutive wins in a row. Um I somewhat feel that it's not out of the realm of possibility that the A's will break the record of 23 loses or losses, 23 consecutive losses 
I think the A's could break that as well this year. That's not out of the realm of possibility for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although don't, don't sleep on Cincinnati reds. Them boys are terrible. <laughs> like, like, like actually let me give them a, um, a, a, a Chuck terrible. They're terrible, man. It is. <laughs> How, have they won? Have they even won five games yet? Can I count them on one hand? I don't, I, I haven't checked their, their record recently, but it is, it is painful to watch. And that's another team that we had talked about earlier with the attendance issues. I do that in quotes where, you know, the fans are just had enough of the bullshit from the owners and, and they're like, I'm not going to fucking go. And they, they've had just as many empty seats as the A's have had to start this year. So. Um, currently the Reds are beating the Milwaukee Brewers six to three. Okay. But uh, to kind of give you, have they won five games in a row? That was the question. Five games total. Have they won five games total? Yeah. Uh, Wait, what's their record on the season? They're five and 23. <laughs> <laughs> Called it. Uh, they were like three and 19 when I last checked. So they're actually, you know, two and four in their last six. So that's like a, a massive improvement. I think is Sonny Gray on that team? Is he back on that team? Sonny Gray got traded, right? I believe he went to, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's with the, oh no, he's with the twins. That's right. He got traded from the Reds to the twins. Right. Yeah. He was one of the pieces that got sent away again. Like, yeah. So, so that's fun. Um, yeah. So the, the A's have lost nine in a row. They're actually winning right now in Detroit. Uh, I just got the news on, uh, on John Morant. He is officially listed as out for today's game. Oh. So good, good luck warriors. Um, you know, really put, put Memphis on the ropes if you win today. So, so that's something to look forward to. Um, but back to baseball. Isn't there, I know we're going back to baseball here, but isn't there a rule because of pop and Kerr that the opposing team has to disclose what's going on injury wise? Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they like, um, you don't get to do the hockey thing where you just say upper body, lower body. Um, well, I'm saying they haven't said anything about job Morant. They just said his knee. What's going on? Oh, I, I, I don't know if, if you have to go deep into those kind of specifics, but, um, it, it, it's yeah you, you'd have to uh let's look and just see real quick um because he got an mri he got it in san francisco but you're telling me we the fans i, I mean even memphis need, fans don't know the result i think they just need to list it as a leg injury or knee injury i don't think they need to call out the ligament or you know exactly what happened i think he's just out with the knee injury I don't think you have to get that specific right now. For a second, I thought he was going to pull a, a Paul Pierce and just pretend to be hurt and then come back and be totally fine. Yeah, I, there, it, I, there's still I, no details on what the injury specifically is. I honestly do not believe that the the tug, <laughs> the grab. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I really don't think um, that's what caused the injury. There's There's – already like edits out there online showing you know multiple times where john morant's leg was being hit you know because he's trying to block a shot or he's driving into the lane the closeout on clay right um, and yeah you, there's footage of him limping now it's coming out that he you know he had knee soreness and he missed nine games towards the end of the season 
um, because of knee soreness. Um, so any, you know, he, anything that touches that knee is, is going to make it hurt. You know, if he's coming off of knee injury and he's already missing, he missed games at the regular season because of the knee injury. And then he just crashed into clay, you know, and then he's doing his acrobatics, which are amazing, but you know, he's jumping around and body control and landing awkwardly. Like you're going to have injuries, you know, yeah. so to say that it's that play that took him out of the game, you know, and you know, yeah, we're defending, you know, Jordan pool here, but you know, that doesn't, it's not to say that like, the warriors have done bad things, you know, like I, I love clay, but to say, you know, we play the right way. Like, well, there was a couple Warriors players who didn't play the right way, you know, and, <laughs> you know, um, so it, I don't necessarily agree with clay on that, but you know, it is what yeah. it is. I, I don't think uh, it was a dirty play. Um, it's definitely not what Dylan bricks, Dylan Brooks did. Um, you know, hitting somebody from behind is totally different. Um, and you know, Draymond had a history of kicking people. So you're going to have a history of like, stop kicking people. <laughs> you know? like, that's not the, like trying to kick somebody in, in the family jewels. Isn't the right way. You know, yeah. um, Zaza has a history of stepping where he should, yeah. yeah, you know? So it's, I, I love Zaza. He helped us win, you know, but he was a frustrating player as a fan to support sometimes, you know? Um, so I, I'm not really like into the, the right way comments and, you know, that's cause that's such a, that's such a fine line, you know, of what is the right way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, every team's got the bruiser in any sport, you know, Baseball's got the one guy that will drill another dude, you know, hockey's got the enforcer, you know, basketball's got the pests. Every sport has one, you know, at least one, unless you're the Detroit Pistons and you had a whole team. But uh, other than that, I mean, so sorry to get back to baseball here real quick here. Um, Giants lose to the Dodgers. Have they even beat the, they haven't beat the Dodgers at all this year, have they? No, I think, uh, yeah, I'd have to look back, but um, uh, Dodgers certainly hold the season series uh, on them right now. That's for sure. Um, they, uh, the Giants did tie St. Louis two to two. Um, they, they had to win the last two games of those series to, to even that series up. Um, I thought they then, were doing bad, to be honest with you, but to see that they're 16 and 12. Well, yeah, the number one team in the NL is is the Mets at twenty games. Well, they, That's not that far off. Well, they had done bad because they had lost like five in a row. Like, and uh, they lost the last game of the prior week, and then they lost the two against the Dodgers, and then they lost the first two games against St. Louis. So they were on a bit of a cold streak, uh, but they they were able to sort it out for Buster Posey Day. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah and, you can't and, screw that one up. Yeah, and then they they were able to to get, scratch together enough runs to win on uh on sunday for mother's day as well so um yeah you, you don't want to ruin buster day uh if you're the giants <laughs> so uh that's the- hey sam i got a i got a question for you mm-hmm. if if you agreed to let somebody check your hand and uh for substances on your hand so you're a pitcher would you cuss out the umpire if he 
slowly methodically massaged your hand and just stared into your eyeballs and never once looked at your hand for oh, a good yeah. 30 seconds uh, i'm i'm definitely uh losing my shit over that <laughs> yeah i mean we've we give madison bumgarner shit for being rat ass you know sometimes but in this situation i think the umpire crossed a line and yeah i i i probably would have said something as well um so you know so Dan Bellino ejects Mad Bum after staring into Mad Bum's eyes for I would assume what felt like an eternity to Mad Bum, but you know we'll call it 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, if he's, that. <laughs> he's if, massaging if... his hand to check for substance, and he's not even looking at his hand. And the whole reason of why this is happening is because Mad Bum was. This is the first inning, by the way. Mad Bum is barking at the umpire that he's not getting calls on the outside. Which, you know, that that's Mad Bum, right? There was some calls. They were off the plate. You know, I mean, it's a 50-50, in my opinion. Um, so the first base coach, Dan Bellino, I'm sorry, first base umpire, Dan Bellino, took offense to how Mad Bum was barking at the home plate umpire and then basically baited Mad Bum to say something, which, of course, he did. And that's because how he got ejected. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would cuss out. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? All he had to say was the magic word. And he did. And I think any of us in the rightful mind would have said the magic words, right? Yep. Yep. The fuck word. Yep. So what, what I think is so weird about this whole situation is that Dan Bellino has come out with the lawyer for the union for the umpires with a statement that basically said that he was told well, he's been umpiring for 15 years is what he said. And he was told when he started early on umpire as if your children are at the game. And he said that um, what I did, I know it was a mistake and I'm learning for it and I will grow and I will continue to be a better person. What the hell does that mean if my kids were in this? What does that mean? I don't understand. What does that have to do with anything with you being the umpire? Daddy, and... why is he massaging the pitcher's hands? That has Daddy. nothing to do with it. That was That is the most stupidest Daddy. rhetorical Daddy. Comment back. I've ever what, seen. As what an does apology. fuck mean, Dad? <laughs> it was so ridiculous. When I saw that, I was like, "This is not an apology. This is just some lawyer wrote some bullshit for him." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's go with that." It's like it's, somebody wrote him a a, a, a money gram or a candy gram and was like, "Yeah, yeah, I want that." Yeah, they cobbled together a bunch of like you know key phrases, I guess, or whatever, something that they workshopped in whatever, and that's what they came up with uh, for the apology of all apologies so mm -hmm. cool so again and we love to say this mlb is killing itself they bought rawlings or specifically they bought rawlings baseballs they deliver all these baseballs and non-humidified trucks to stadiums to be humidified when it really shouldn't be that way so now home runs aren't getting hit pitchers are getting pissed because they can't grip the ball or the balls you know themselves are not up to what they think should be for baseball there's that you've got umpires like angel hernandez who pitched or who umpired a game and had a success rate of two percent and making the right call a whole game out of all the pitches he was 98 percent wrong every single time now you Wait, have where'd you that number where, that, that's wild so there's an mlb i'll pull it up and i'll, I'll give it to you so we can tweet it out there's MLB does an umpire stat sheet and you oh, can see 
what the umpire's calls were, how successful they were. And he was 2% correct. He was 98% wrong. He was the worst umpire this year by far. And I don't think anyone's going to beat him. Even if Joe West came out of retirement, I still think, you know, uh, Andrew Hernandez is going to beat him and how bad that call was for that game. And it was against the Phillies because I Kyle Schwarber threw a fit, threw his bat down and got ejected and rightfully so because Andrew Hernandez just was absolutely atrocious. Now Dan Bellino is over here ejecting guys because of his ego. Like, what are you doing, baseball? I don't understand. You're not making this entertaining. Oh, also, too, let's point out that the Oakland A's minor league team, the Rockhounds, the minor league is implementing a really strict uh, batter code of, of time to get into the box. So as a pitch being thrown, our batter steps out for two seconds, two seconds, gets back in. Umpire calls strike three, you're out of the game. Yeah, yeah, it's an automatic out um, if you step out of the batter's box once the um, once it starts. Yeah, that is insane. What are you? What are we doing? That's not fun to watch. That's not entertaining. I don't want to see a guy being, you know, struck out because he stepped out for two seconds. It wasn't like he was Nomar Garcia parring and readjusting his gloves fifteen times on one hand and then going to do it on the other hand. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I mean, what I don't know doing? the details. I don't know the details on that. Um, I think there's, we've talked about this before is there's rules already in place to speed the game up, but the problem isn't the pace of play. It's, it's commercials, it's breaks, it's review. It's, you know, it's those things. And uh, a couple weeks ago, Vince had the numbers of like every commercial break between innings is a certain was it a 90 seconds it no it's it's two minutes and 25 seconds two and a half minutes basically so two and a half minutes every inning change and then a minimum of however many seconds when they do a pitcher change and then sometimes there's injury changes you know and Mm -hmm. every time you have to go to a commercial break um to get the minimum ads in then you got you know the game is on hold and you see the clock when you're at the stadium, you see the clock tied to the media broadcast. Mm-hmm. So the problem isn't necessarily the pace of play. It's not the changing of pitchers. It's it's not even necessarily the offense. It's it's the commercials. You know, you should probably, even though there is no time limit, you should minimize the, you know, if it's if it's 220, 225, I mean take the 30 seconds off. I mean, you're going to save, you know, uh, what was the math? It's it's You're going to save about 10 minutes. If you take away one commercial from each commercial break, right. that's 10 that, minutes that's right huge, there. That 10 minutes is huge. And then if mm-hmm. you certain pitching changes or certain, uh, you know, the, the, there's certain breaks you don't necessarily need to break away. I think what would be a better, system would be like sometimes if you break away instead of going to a commercial break you break away to the studio you break away to like if you're watching tv it breaks away to the radio guys what what, what are the, the radio guys see, hearing seeing feeling you know like breaking away back to you know we're ace fans so the the host that we get is Brody brazil so breaking back to Brody brazil and and you know whoever you know former player is, is with him that day um instead of going to commercial break into something else and you know what do they see you know what's going on um 
you kind of see this with like the national stuff or like NBA, right? Like a, a, a foul call, it cuts to a former referee, it cuts to a, you know, former umpire, whatever, you know, is I think the packaging and the delivery of baseball needs to evolve and that's limiting commercial breaks and having better quality dialogue during the game in between innings in between pitchers changes and things like that and then if you limit the amount of advertising and more people are watching it those advertising minutes get more valuable right now it's it's not i don't i don't want to sit through a television broadcast of a baseball game because there's there's all these commercial breaks and then there's the issues with baseball itself with like knowing the balls are jacked up <laughs> you don't know you know it's just like all of the nonsense that baseball is trying to regulate um makes the game difficult to watch you know so uh-huh. it's they're they're killing themselves and they don't want to evolve yeah i think that's the problem is that they don't want to evolve they don't Man, Manfred and his team, whoever runs their marketing side of trying to promote baseball, they have done one of the worst jobs I've ever seen. Um, at least with Bud Selig, like you had dudes doing steroids and you could watch a home run every every other game. The you game know what was I mean? exciting. It was super <laughs> yeah. exciting. It was probably not ideal to teach kids that way, but hell, you were watching it. I mean, you wanted to see a dude pump mm-hmm. one out and try and get 500 feet. You know, you wanted mm-hmm. to see it happen. I mean, it's just, yeah, you watch Mark McGuire put on a clinic at like the, the 99 home run derby in, uh, in Boston where he's just over that wall, like all fucking day. Uh, God, he, he hit like 23 homers or something like that in that one round. Good God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, to my point, what baseball could do is stop with the, with the game clock. You know what I mean? It, it, it's half the time the umpires don't even pay attention to it. Let's be honest with you. They could give two shits about it. Get rid of that. Okay. And as far as your substance goes, make it controlled. Mm-hmm. Tell them that they can't, they can only use sunscreen and rosin. That's all they can use and sweat. You get right. three pieces. That's it. And have an umpire go into each locker room and say, well, you know, any there's, substances. You there's players can't use. who have come out. There's players who have come out and, and said, why don't you allow what you just said? Right. And then it's up to the player to, you know, do whatever they want to do. Um, the reason baseball, one of the speculations from players that the reason why baseball hasn't approved that yet is because they are actually working on their own substance that uh, essentially teams would have to buy and MOB could market as the official uh, pitcher grip. So they are chemically trying to develop their own product that is approved. So you'll have whatever that is on the mound and they have to use it. But the, the speculation, there has been players that speculated that, you know, I'm, I'm, MLB I'm not okay with that. You can I'm not okay with that. You can always count on MLB to find the worst fuck fucking way to do something. And, you know, there's, can you, no, can, there's no proof. There's no, it's just speculation, but you know what? It's like one of those, um, the, you know, it's, it's a, it's a theory. It's a conspiracy theory that I'm like, I bet it's true. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, it, it, if, it's, if it's, it's one of the more believable conspiracy theories. It's right. no, 
you know, it, it's no basement pizza house, you know, you know, whatever I don't remember, ring, but it's, I yeah. don't remember when is the last time where you could say base baseball got it right. Like when's the last time you could say baseball got it right. Like, you can't <laughs> look Good here's God. the thing too. Here's um, the thing too. If that's, if that pans out to be true, that baseball is making a substance that MLB teams can buy, obviously MLB is going to sell it, not just to MLB teams. They're going to sell it on the market, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine kids being 16, 15 years old using some spider tech type of substance to, uh, is that really what we're going to teach our kids? Yeah. Hi, uh, like Seriously? You're gonna, yeah. You're going to get the rich, the, the rich kids in, in high school, like having the really good stuff. And then you're going to get the, the, the poor high school students. They're going to like, I don't know, have to like, put tape on their hands and then pull the tape off. So they have that as the in here. Yeah. They'll do glue sticks or some shit like that. Like, I mean, God, if that's the case, that's like the Pandora's box. It's about to open. If that's true, you know, that big, if true, big, if true, good God. Okay. That's so insane to me. And also stop with the humidifying balls. Okay. Just stop. Unless you play in Colorado or maybe even, well, Arizona doesn't have an open dome, but if they did, just stop. Well, well, I mean, the dome does open, you know. They they, they generally yeah in Arizona. I mean, it's not a permanent dome. It's a it's a it's a uh, roof. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a retractable roof. Uh, I was those, just those there. are those are only two stadiums that I could see. Okay, maybe you humidify a ball, to, and Arizona just depends on the roof situation here. Miami, I don't uh, maybe Miami as well. Those are the three I stadiums. I don't believe in the in the humidor at all anywhere. I think it's the dumbest fuck. It you knew, you knew the science when you built the damn ballpark. Yeah. That's your fault. That's your fault. Like, mm-hmm. dude, like that. You are the Giants. Complete? Did they? You knew the ball would die in left and center field. You knew. The, the funny thing, actually, about um, you know, like Packbell Park, as it was called when it was open, was that first week there was a heat wave. And so the ball was just flying that first week and everybody was like, Oh dear Christ. What did, what kind of launching pad did we build? And then uh, San Francisco weather returned to normal in, in the year 2000 and everybody realized, Oh no, never mind, Nothing's getting out. That little splash hits thing is kind of a fun thing for the, the guys that are roided up and can make it happen. Yeah. But, and didn't there's only, they, there's didn't only they, been one guy who's been able to do it consistently. Oh, they, they just got one. Yeah. Consistently just the one guy, uh, Barry Lamar bonds, of course, right. is who we're you talking don't see, about, but you don't really see a lot of splash hits. No, no, you, you get, you get one on occasion where a guy just like, you know, a, a perfect swirl of event of cosmic yeah. events happens. And um, somebody just put, just launched one. I don't even remember who I was thinking. It was a triple A call up guy, uh, but yeah. Didn't, didn't they bring in left field? They, they did bring in the fences a bit, yeah. Because yeah. it was ridiculous. But then they pushed center field back out a little bit, not much. No, no, actually, no, no, no. no. They, they brought they it didn't. in? They no, brought they, it they in. brought all those fences in. Oh, that's right. In. Triples <laughs> alley used to be 421. Now it's 415. And I think deep center was 399. Now it's 391, I think. Let's let's, let's show the disparity between uh, the A's and the Giants, okay? The A's... They didn't push the, the fence in, but they did get a brand new sign in center field, right? That said, Holy Toledo. The Giants bring center field in a little bit so they can make room for their vineyard so they could grow grapes to make wine. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Uh, 
Must be nice. Must be I, nice. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's I, I, I don't give a shit about having a vineyard in my ballpark. I'm here to eat hot dogs and nachos and mm-hmm. beer. So I'll have know, some garlic fries, you know, you know like, like, like I don't really care about having a vineyard. I mean, if it was like a microbrewery or a winery where like I could go wine tasting, getting smashed. I don't care about the actual grapes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you could grow the grapes underneath the stadium i don't right. show such disrespect to the vintners of northern california you <laughs> jackhole <laughs> so i don't i don't really i don't really care but you know right. cool you know good Sa- side question though is that the groundskeeper's duty they got a team man there's probably <laughs> no they, they they probably have a dedicated vintner like on they probably uh, in-house i mean with the 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 giants are owned by many people many wealthy people um somewhere they have uh they probably own a vineyard so they probably are connected so they're probably funneling money from the giants to their personal business to you know oh yeah it's a network right okay um is there anything else we need to talk about gentlemen um i guess the stadium talk um it's, oh, yeah. it's been really interesting, I guess, to catch up a little bit on stadium stuff. Um, I think we said this before, but I think if this deal, if the stadium does not get built, it's because of the A's back out. I, I really think the city of Oakland is going to approve all of this. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. The city's like, I mean, and I think the city's done a pretty good job of trying to mitigate their, you know, like, like their potential risk. Uh, they've really, they, they, I think they found a way to make it work where um, the like you're not endangering anything that currently exists right now. You're not yeah. endangering budgets. Um, all of this money that's going to pay for infrastructure and stuff, that's only going to come from funds generated by the um, current, like yeah. you know, by 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 what the project will generate. So, so that's that that's important, and I think the city's done a really good job of protecting themselves. And I look forward. To seeing how this plays out. Yeah, sounds I good. agree. Tyler, final thoughts. Um, man, I'm excited for for tonight. Like I was telling Vince, I'm a little bummed that I I have been going to dinner for my cousin, and um, probably gonna miss a good portion of the game, if not the whole game. So, uh, I'm I'm waiting for you guys to kind of be loud in your own household and scream for for my sake of not being able to scream at my own TV. So. Uh, we have that for tonight. We got you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll pick up this. We'll pick up the slack. Thanks guys. <laughs> Thanks guys. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess is, is, is that that's it then I guess for tonight's episode anyway. That's it, right? I guess. So that's I it. guess so we're out. All right. So let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Social media, SVT sports pod on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email, SVT sports pod at gmail.com slide into our DMS, please. Dear God. I would love to interact with all of you. Lovely people out there listening. All the dozens All the dozens. (laughs) All the dozens. All the dozens of us. All right. Later, guys. Bye. Later.